it reminds me of my first time going and I just remember being in awe, just being in awe, looking around and thinking life is good. Like life is good. And this feeling that, wow, like this is something like, like to think that there was a chance that I would live and not see this, like, and not, not understand that this exists. Mm -hmm. Hey friend, welcome back to another episode, another week. Hope you had a good weekend and are feeling relieved and rested after last week, um, election week in the US. I hope you managed to do better than I did at not staying too distracted and hooked on the news. Um, I spent last week cycling between Twitter, Instagram, CNN, and basically not taking care of myself. So this is a reset week for me. Um, so anyways, I'm excited to share this week my conversation with Jacqueline Shawl of Pink Pangea. So she's the founder of this online community of women who love to travel which she founded in 2009 and it's grown from being a blog to now being an online platform where they host retreats and writing workshops all around the world bringing together women who love to travel and who tell stories about their travels so in this conversation we do a little bit of an election recap so talking about the election because we spoke last thursday when we were still in the middle of the count so we talk a little bit about that and being uh, an American overseas during events like this. We talk about Jacqueline's 10-year journey of building Pink Pangea and building this community of women through it. She shares her advice and inspiration on travel, so including how she likes to travel, both in terms of the places, but also traveling in a way that is mindful and conscious and less impactful on the environment and the people around. Uh, we talk about safety while traveling, her favorite destinations, including the place she calls her happy place. She explains what a Pink Pangea retreats, retreat looks like um, and her funny before trip habit. So obviously we're not able to travel at the moment, but I hope this episode gets you excited and dreaming about future trips we'll be able to take once we're able to travel again. Thank you for listening and enjoy this episode with Jacqueline Michal of Pink Pangea. We're good. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm okay. How are you? <laughs> um, what's the underslept? <laughs> right. <laughs> We're all on edge a bit. Uh, yeah. And I, I didn't think it's crazy. Like, well, I don't know if I felt this way last time. I, I didn't think I would like be effect, feel affected this much, but I mean, I guess like we should. Um, but yeah. Right. Well, you know, the world is watching. We're like, we're all watching to see what's going to happen. Um, it does feel different than last time, though. Yeah, definitely. How is it? Are you in uh, New York? I'm currently in Tel Aviv. Oh, okay. So, so uh, it does give a little bit of space, right? When we're mm -hmm. abroad. There's a little bit of space, like I'm, I'm watching and I'm reading um, and I'm keeping up with what's going on, but, but I feel like it's a bit less intense than if I was home in New York. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm in London, so um, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's the same. Yeah, there's a little bit of space. So were you in Israel this whole year? Yes, I've been here through all of COVID. Um, 
which has been, you know, a, a, a very different year than what, than what we planned for all of us. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. Yeah. Especially for someone who works in travel. <laughs> right. Right. So for, for the travel, yeah, for travel industry, our lives are just went upside down. Um, and, and it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, glad to hear that you're, 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 you're doing well, you know, all things considered. Speaking of travel, so you're, you're the founder of um, Pink Pangea. Um, I wanted you to just uh, kick off by just explaining what this, what, what Pink Pangea, what Pink Pangea is. Of course. So we are a community of women who love to travel. We launched back in 2009. So it's been a while now. And um, we host writing, hiking, and yoga retreats all over the world, as well as online workshops and in-person workshops, although mm-hmm. not so much this year. And, um, and we run a publication for, for women who love to travel. Oh, beautiful. So obviously 2009, so you've been at this for, for quite a while. Um, how, how did yeah. the idea for Pink Pangea come about? It was actually uh, Rachel, my co-founder. It was her idea, or she approached me one day at work. We worked together, and she just spontaneously said, "Like you know, let's start a business together." And uh, I wasn't sure if she was joking <laughs> or half joking. It and uh, but I I just turned around and said, "Okay." Um, and right away, we talked about travel. It was an automatic. Uh, we both love to travel. Uh, we both had a few things going on with travel in our lives at the time. And uh, what we initially thought we were going to do actually was launch a series of books related to travel. That was the first idea. And then we we kind of dug into the research and we, we came up with two conclusions. Um, one was that uh, it wasn't really a good time for print mm. for for books, um, but more importantly, we realized we didn't know anything. <laughs> so <laughs> we're like, "Wait, who are we to write write these books?" So not that we didn't know anything, but we knew about the specific places that we we traveled to, and 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 that was it. And uh, we only knew so much. And after doing more research, we quickly realized that, no, we want this to be a community and we want uh, to help women share stories so that we can learn from each other. And we started off as a publication. Uh, We didn't start off with the workshops and the retreats. It was Mm -hmm. specifically as an online uh, blog for women to share travel stories. And, and back then it it was really exciting. There weren't that many other people doing something like this at the time. So we, we picked up pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So how, how has the space kind of evolved in those 10 years? So you mentioned yeah, back then there wasn't that much. So a lot has changed. Uh, Back then people were into blogging. It, It had already picked up quite a bit, but uh, n- not nearly as much as, as it is today. Today, everyone has a website or a blog, and that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, so so there are a lot more travel bloggers, I would say, than, than there was back then. And um, there are a lot more ways for people to share their stories. So, so it's great, but it's harder to stand right. out. Um, and of course, social media has kind of like, like given other platforms other than blogging. Um, but again, it, it becomes harder to stand out now that everyone has a platform. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And the other thing you mentioned is that, you know, it was kind of, there wasn't a lot of information for travel for women. And that was kind of a big um reason for for this kind of this community and this information. Do you think that has evolved yes. over the last 10 years and also has travel for women changed over the last 10 years as well? So I'll tell you a funny story <laughs> about what was going on back then. Um, so there was a, when we were, uh, when we were getting ready to start and we were doing research, Rachel was getting ready to take a solo trip to Russia and 
she was she had already been to the region a few times um but she hadn't she hadn't she hadn't been to russia specifically so she was trying to figure out her visa info uh, like how to get the appropriate visa to make sure everything was ready and she was being led in circles and you know we were in new york at the time and what and what she ended up learning was from another woman who had recently been there that the way to get the visa is basically by paying this random mm. guy a hundred dollars and he basically signs a napkin like <laughs> more or less. And, and that's the legitimate way, or at least it was back then. Like he was the legitimate way for a New Yorker um, to get the And, and the advice wasn't clear in books and on, and on, um, on websites, the, the clear advice really came in her, in, at least in her case, from talking to someone who was recently there the same year and said, okay, no, this is how I did it. Um, and we, and, and that was one example of what was, what was going on when we were thinking about how can we make it easier for women to share advice, whether it's information or whether it's inspiration. Mm -hmm. So like, sometimes it's like, we need information, like where to stay, what to do, how do we actually get there? What are the tips? Yep. And sometimes we have an itch to go somewhere or to try something. Um, and we're, what we're looking for, we might think we're looking for in information, but sometimes we're actually looking for someone else to say, you know, I've been there and it, and it was an amazing trip. Mm -hmm. So, you know, don't listen to the naysayers yeah. go and, you know, have, a, have a good time. If, so you, obviously you said, you know, it's harder to stand out, but do you think there is more information now focused on travel for women, but also so, has it, has traveling for women actually changed like in now in 2020? Okay. So yes. So, um, the statistics show that women are traveling solo more than ever, you know, minus a pandemic because <laughs> everything's kind of put on hold, but more and more women especially Americans are traveling and traveling solo. Women also tend to make travel decisions when they're traveling, you know, with families and not solo. Mm -hmm. So, so yes, I think the world has become more accessible uh, in many ways over the last like 10, 15 years um, in, in that it became more affordable uh, to book our own flights, to get places at a reasonable rate and also to get information so it has become easier. The world has become more uh, accessible. In terms of other women travel communities, there are a few. Um, there aren't that many. There are a few. There's more than there was. And people are kind of finding their home on whether they're, some people are involved in all, you know, I don't want to say all of them because there, there, there are, you know, local ones too, like small ones. But people are sometimes finding, oh, you know, I like this Facebook group. That's yeah. what works for me. Or I like this yoga group. You know, that's my travel yoga retreat community. Um, so yeah. people kind of find where they resonate. But as far as women travel, you know, there's about 10 groups, I would say, in total that are all different, but are focusing on empowering women to travel, helping give information, inspiration, and, and yeah, and bring community. Yeah, yeah. Um, and what do you think are these days, like the main challenges and obstacles for women traveling? I mean, specifically solo, but you know, not necessarily. You know, it really depends where, um, I think that women do feel like we feel safer than we have in the past overall, but it also depends on what's going on in the place that we're visiting. Uh, the information is there compared to mm. years ago. Um, we're all carrying in our pockets a smartphone. Yeah. Like who would have thought? <laughs> so that in itself was like the biggest game changer. Um, I remember years ago, I took, this is like 10 years ago. I took a, a solo trip to Italy for, for a couple months. And it was just when I was getting into podcasts, listening to podcasts. I don't host a podcast. <laughs> and I remember I listened to um, Rick Steves podcast and I was like amazed. He had all of these free walking tours and he told me everything I needed to know. Um, and I was literally doing walking tours in Italy, you know, with my smartphone. Yeah. Um, oh, so cool. 
So that was just at the beginning of when this was all becoming so much more accessible um, information wise. So I think it's gotten easier for women. I think that we need to be smart when we're traveling because things do happen. So uh, it really depends on what's going on in the place where we're going to. So, so, and that also varies on, you know, the circumstances of where, where we're going, how we're going. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think overall it, it's gotten better. Yeah, for sure. Have you personally had any experiences traveling where you felt limited because of being a woman, like not being able to do things because you were a woman? Um, well, I had something happen. I've actually, I haven't written about this or spoken much about this. Um, I was once, so years ago, I want to say this was about six or seven years ago, I had just finished a retreat in, um, Switzerland and I came to Israel to visit Rachel, who was, um, who was living in Tel Aviv at the time. Now she's, she's back in New York. And, um, I was staying at the time in Jaffa at an, uh, at an Airbnb and I was actually followed home. Um, mm-hmm. this is the middle of the day and I had my headphones in and I went out to do laundry and I really wasn't paying attention to what was going on around mm-hmm. me. Um, I think I took for granted that it was, it was the middle of the day and there were people around and. I think that was, I just really didn't pay attention. And I went into the apartment, um, like the apartment, uh, the main door to the the building. And suddenly I turn around, I'm like eight feet in, let's say in, in, in through the door. And I turned around and I see this guy who, who literally said to me, you know, I'm going to like, you know, do something not really good to oh, wow. you. And I screamed and I ran. Right. So, and I, I ran, um, I, I went into the elevator, which was probably a mistake to not take the stairs, but that was my, um, my instinct to reaction. And instead of going to, to the floor I was staying on, I went to the roof, hoping that someone would be up on the roof. Cause there were usually people up there and, um, And I panicked and I just kept thinking to myself and I said to myself, okay, this is how it happens. This is what happens. Um, Thinking like, okay, I'm about to get attacked. And, and, and it like my whole body reacted. I was sweating and, and I went up there nobody was there, but there was an intercom and, and somebody answered and I was able to tell them someone followed me. And then um, luckily I I didn't see this guy again. Mm. So he didn't follow you up. Up um, to the roof. I don't know if he tried to follow me up the stairs at that point. I think, I think from what I remember seeing that he did. I just think he didn't know where I went or which floor I was getting off mm-hmm. on. Um, like I was in the elevator and he went from from what unless he turned around anyway. I think he went up the stairs. Um, so I was fine and nothing happened to me at the end except that you know from that moment I just said to myself and, you, and it's a fairly safe area so i just said to myself like i should never take for granted the middle of the day like i need to pay attention yeah. um and i and i think it's it's a lesson for all of us um and he looked this guy looked like he was on drugs mm. or drunk or something yeah. so so that is someone who would attack someone in the middle of the day yeah. um and i guess that's the main that's the something that you, we are, we kind of carry that worry uh, as women when traveling. But I think I would, but, but I think that's just also not necessarily traveling, but just, you know, in our, in our day-to-day lives in general, I guess with traveling, you have to be a bit more um, aware of your surroundings because you don't have your bearings, but that's kind of something, whether, whether it's travel or not, that, that we kind of carry with us all the time. Yes. It's, yes. And, and it was a big lesson for me because I, I didn't realize it was a big wake up call and realizing that I don't pay attention. I often have had headphones in and I often take for granted that if I think I'm in a safe neighborhood, a place that I know, or a place that, you know, doesn't feel so far in that I might take for granted that, 
you know, that I'm safe when really it's important for us to pay, to pay attention. Mm, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so to, to switch to something a little bit lighter, <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> um, and to, um, dream a little bit, I'd love to know what are some of your favorite travel destinations that you've been to and then, um, which ones you have on your, or on your wish list. Um, Okay, so many <laughs> everywhere. Uh, I would say my my top two favorite places that I've ever been to. Um, one is is the Alps, and I've been to many places in the Alps. Um, oh, interesting. So yeah, I, I love you know we I, we go to the Swiss Alps every year um, for a yearly retreat, and where in, where I love the, the mountains. Um, we go to Murin, which is um, in Switzerland. It's it, it's close to Interlaken. Okay. Because I spend a lot of time there. That's why. I did. Mm -hmm. I think, did you, you wrote a few articles for Pink Pangea, right? Yeah, I did. And I went to, I actually went to one of your writing retreats in New York with a friend. Well, not a retreat, sorry, a workshop, um, Okay. which I really enjoyed. And um, yeah, I wrote, I wrote a few articles for a while when I was living in Paris and then I just kind of got too busy. Um, but yeah, I'm, I, I grew up, I finished high school near Geneva. Um, so I go back there every, every winter. Oh, wow. Right. So I saw your article about going to the Alps and I just remembered <laughs> thinking that, you know, if I lived in Europe, I would be there all the time. <laughs> um, it's my happy place. I love mountains and I also, um, I love the coziness of it. Mm. So, yes. So, yeah. So that's one place. And, and I do, I see people every year who come for the first time and it reminds me of my first time going. And I just remember being in awe, just being in awe, looking around mm. and thinking life is good. Like life is good. And this feeling that, wow, like this is something like, like to think that there was a chance that I would live and not see this, like, and not, not understand that this exists. Mm -hmm. So I don't have that same feeling as I had the first time anymore, but, but I still have the awe and the, and the love and just this feeling of like, life is good. And sometimes we need that reminder. Mm. Um, so it's fun to see people come for their first time and really take it all in. And um, the other place I would say that really blew me away, uh, I've, only, I've only been to one so far, is um, in Guatemala um, to Lake Atitlan. And I went there and I, when I went there, um, I didn't know much about the place. A friend of mine had planned the trip. It was uh, in between a busy time at work. And and I I just went. I wasn't the person doing the planning. So I kind of, we went to Costa Rica and then to Guatemala. And I got there and I, again, like, I just felt really good. Mm. Um, it was different than anywhere I've ever been. And I think when we go places that are different, like all of our senses kind of wake up. Yeah. And, um, and we're, we're alive in a different way. So, so that I, I later on find, found out, so I had a, an amazing time there. Um, I haven't been back since I later on found out that it's supposed to be this like spiritual place that has an amazing energy center. And many people go there as like a healing journey, um, and I'm glad I didn't know that before I went, because I feel like I did have this amazing, even healing, um, or just feeling of like well-being when I was there. But if I knew that, like if I knew people went for that reason, I think I would have been expecting it and it would have changed, you know, it would have changed everything. And instead, I just got to experience it, enjoy it. And, and that was that. So I would say like, those are my two like top, top favorite trips, but I love traveling. And, <laughs> yeah. Um, I like exploring new places. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say that is so cool that you didn't know because, um, 
yeah, like you said, then you got to just experience this feeling kind of intuitively um, without having any any expectations. Well, that's, yeah, okay, now I really want to go there. (laughs) I I do want to go back. I have a a little, I'm a little bit worried that, um, that if I go back, it will not be the same. Mm. Um, So, so I'm sure I'll go back at some point, but it was so I had such a wonderful time that I almost want to cherish it. As yeah, a, as the memory. And then yeah. when we are able to travel for fun, um, where 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 are you heading next? Um, where am I heading? Okay, so um, I was scheduled to go to Iceland to lead a retreat in August, this August, and that would have been my first time in Iceland. Nice. So that was, that's one. It's, so it's in the schedule now for this August, we're planning to go. Um, so that's, you know, that I'm very excited about. I'm looking forward to that. I, I hope that it will be, it will be safe to go at that yeah. point. Um, but if it's not, then, you know, we'll, we'll, I'll still go. It's just a matter of time until mm-hmm. it's safe. Oh, that's super exciting. Yeah. I went with a couple of friends actually as my kind of bachelorette, um, and yeah, it's just beautiful. Um, I would love to go back. Actually, I don't feel like we were only there for four days. So I'd love to go explore it a little bit more. Oh, wow. So that's exciting. What time of year did you go? Uh, actually, it was around the same time. It was in August, I think. Um, we weren't okay. we weren't quite on time for the Northern Lights, but we did go some do some whale watching um, uh-huh. and drove around a bit. Um, and then they have this um, in Reykjavik, they have this penis museum that we went to. <laughs> which was hilarious that's fun yeah it's actually it's not like about sex which you think it could be it's more it's just like this tiny place and they just have all the different specimens of different animals in like um in in glass jars um so it's more kind of like a scientific museum uh-huh. <laughs> yeah um but it was that funny kind of like a sex yeah show. exactly mm-hmm. um it's just funny um so yeah you should you should check it that's out very- <laughs> It's very, I might add it to to um, a things to do when we visit. Um, but it, it's very Icelandic of them to make it more scientific than sexual. Yeah, um, um, so yeah. I can't say I'm surprised. It's very. It's it just felt like kind of like a quirky place. Um, yeah, not just not like a yeah like raunchy place or anything. Um, right. So other than um, running the retreats. Uh, when, when you are doing all these, these trips, how do you, how do you typically like to travel? What's your kind of travel style? How do you like to experience a place? So, um, I prefer slow travel, um, when possible. Um, I never liked the idea of like going for a night and then switching to the next place, um, or even two nights. I kind of, I love to do at least a minimum of three mm-hmm. nights, even if I'm in like your like minimum, because the transportation days just aren't, um, they're not days that I can enjoy in the same yeah. way. So, um, so yeah, I, I love to s- slow travel when possible. It's not always possible. And, you know, also I, I like all kinds of travel so I can enjoy or most kinds <laughs> of travel, I should say. Um, I can enjoy like a trip in nature when I'm hiking every day and, and exploring and the outdoors. Um, but I can also enjoy like an urban, uh, an urban area. And sometimes I go on trips that are like super, I'm touring, um, and I want to like learn and see, and there's a lot of history. So I'm doing more of like a touring, uh, type of trip. And I can also enjoy a guilty pleasure trip. So so I, I, I really do enjoy a combination of both, um, of all, and I, and I love slow travel when I can. So just stay in one place for a week two or two weeks and experience local, local culture. Yeah. Um, definitely. Yeah. 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 I, I agree. Um, and then, and do you have any like travel essentials that you, uh, you, you must have perfected like a, a, a travel routine by now and everything you bring with you. I, well, that, that, at least this is what I have in my head. <laughs> yes. So it's funny because I have my rhythm and my routines and it's not necessarily anything that I would recommend to other people, <laughs> but it works yeah. for me, if that makes sense. So, um, 
so yeah, I, I definitely, I don't overpack. I tend to not bring a lot when I travel. Um, I bring what I need. I'll, um, and I always just tell myself if I need to buy something, I'll yeah. buy it. Most of the time when I tell myself that I actually don't need to buy much. Um, not like, and, and every now and then I do need something that's unexpected on a trip. So I travel light. Um, I, I try not to overthink packing. I bring what I, what fits in the suitcase. Um, usually it's just a carry on. And, um, and I try again, I try not to overthink about it. So I always have like a toiletry bag ready. What else? I do have a funny thing that happens when I'm traveling. <laughs> so for like the week before I travel, I become superwoman. So like, meaning suddenly anything that I've had to get done for the last like weeks or months that I've been, that hasn't been urgent suddenly feels urgent because I'm leaving home. Interesting. So like, so it, I tend to get so much done, anything from like a small errand to like, oh, I need to drop this off at someone's place because I have to return something I borrowed to you know, to submitting an article, you know, that I've been working on for half a year. It whatever it is, suddenly it feels like before I get on the airplane, anything I've ever had to do needs to be done. <laughs> um, of course, of course that, you know, it, I don't get everything done, but I tend to get a lot done before the trip. It, it feels like a deadline yeah. of sorts that I want to, um, I want to get on that plane and be free to, to, do whatever it is I'm, I'm planning to do on the trip. Oh, that's so um, funny. So sweet. Yeah. If you have to get shit done, then you book a trip. <laughs> yeah. And, and for me, I tend to always have trips booked yeah. because it's part of my lifestyle. Um, except for this year. Of course. Yeah, except for this year. Um, and yeah, so there's kind of this, uh, I, at least I feel this struggle because obviously we have a climate crisis and, um, plane travel is, it has a huge impact on that as far as you know in our individual emissions plane travel um is is uh, has a really negative impact on the on the environment um so in terms of like the future of travel and where we're going and how we can continue to travel in a sustainable and conscious way because I think travel is hugely valuable and, you know, making it available to more people is amazing. But how do we balance that with respecting not just the environment, but also, you know, the cultures and the people in the places where we're traveling to? Yeah, so um, absolutely. And I think about this all the time. Um, and I think that um, we need to be mindful. This is a, a big problem. And we need to um, we need to be responsible when we travel. So it can look a little bit differently depending on on where we're going. Um, and for each person, you know, we need to make our own decisions. But I do think as a collective, um, this is a time sensitive issue, and we're gonna be have we're we have to get more and more responsible. Um, not less and less responsible. So uh, I can share uh, two resources that that impacted me and my thinking about this. Mm, yeah, that'd be great. Uh, so one is um, one for me. It was eye opening. Years ago, I read a book, and I didn't expect to be reading about uh, climate change. Uh, the book was called Think, uh, Think, and I forgot what like the there was more to it, but mm. the, the main title was Think, and then with a tagline, um, and it's by Lisa Bloom, and it's about women, uh, American women, um, and I and she had a chapter in there that talked about what's going on with the climate crisis, and I didn't expect uh, to be reading about that, but I read it and it just opened my eyes. Uh, she explained the problem. And I never, I was never the same <laughs> after it. So it is a book by Lisa Bloom that I do recommend. It's actually a, a this sounds funny to say, but the book is a fun read. It's, it's, um, it's eye opening in many ways. Uh, but so what was it that she, the, that yeah, in terms of the climate, what did she, what was she talked yeah. about? She talked about travel. Um, and she also talked about food. 
mm-hmm. and the impact that the food industry has on on um, what's going on in the world. And at the time, I really didn't understand. And she she broke it down to explain exactly how the way we eat affects the environment. And, um, and I was forever changed. And I do think part of the problem when we talk about uh, climate change and what's happening on the planet and some people not wanting to participate in the conversation is that people don't understand the problem. Yeah. Um, some people don't understand the problem. Um, so, so I thought she, she did it in a very effective way. I really, um, I really, uh, changed a lot of my eating habits and I looked at travel differently and I, I kind of felt like, okay, this is a place where I want to be more responsible. Mm -hmm. It was more, I, I, she made me want to really uh, be mindful about an area of life. I didn't know that I was, I was neglecting. Um, So that's one resource I recommend. Another resource that I think is, could be helpful, particularly for, for travelers is, um, there's a woman named Abby Sin. I hope I say her name, right. It's Abby, uh, Sinan, I think. And she has a blog called spec on the globe. Mm -hmm. Uh, you might've, you might've came across it, but she writes about sustainable travel Mm -hmm. and she's, we interviewed her a few times on pink Pangea and she's contributed some stories and, and what I love about her stories is that they're relatable. They're relatable. And sometimes it's easier to learn from a person than to learn about it just by understanding facts and journalism. Mm-hmm. So she offers some great resources. I think there there isn't an easy answer, but we can all make a difference in being more responsible. Um, I know with our retreats, we tend to attract women who are mindful and who are thinking about this. So, so that's, you know, that's nice. The community, our community really is already having this conversation. Mm -hmm. And when we, when we're traveling together in different places, we're already um, paying attention to where we're spending our money, not wasting things um, and so on as a tour, as a retreat provider, we do, uh, we are mindful of where we choose to have our retreats. Mm. In some places, it's actually quite easy to be responsible. Um, and in others, it's more, it's, it's more difficult. So for example, in Costa Rica, we offer, you know, a yearly retreat, it's a yoga and writing retreat. And the place where we're hosting the retreat is eco-friendly. They're growing most of the food there. They take the responsibility of being responsible. Um, so, so we can appreciate that when we're there, the food is, the coffee's organic, the food is all right there. And, um, Mm, and they, they're making a difference in their local, um, in their local cities because they feel their responsibility. So it feels good for us to spend our money there because they, they want to give back. So, um, it doesn't, it doesn't make up for the plane travel. I think for, in terms of plane travel, we all have to, you know, make, make decisions and say, okay, this, I'm going to take this trip per year and see what works for us. I don't think travel is going to go away. I think we just have to be mindful um, to be responsible adults and and make decisions that are fair and not to overdo it. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think combining a couple of points that you mentioned. So, you know, getting people to understand this version of travel, which is slow travel. So learning how to appreciate that form of travel and then combined with what you were saying, like when you guys go to Costa Rica and where you put your money so that alone is just kind of having a different uh, relationship with travel. So having this slow, tr- slow travel where you really appreciate a place and then just really thinking mindfully about where you're spending that, that money. Yes. And you know what? Overall, I think, you know, depending on the culture. So most of our audience is, um, is Americans, American, North Americans and um, some Europeans as well. 
And then we, we do have an international group that comes in from all different places. So I do think depending on the culture, it's sometimes easier to live a more sustainable life. Mm -hmm. So like in general, not just when we travel, but all the time. So one example that, um, that happens that I see every year. So every year we go to the Swiss Alps and we stay at the same place and we have like a week long, um, writing and hiking retreat. And, um, I've gotten to know all of the people that work there. And I've also gotten to know a lot of how Switzerland works, which is <laughs> great because everything is organized yes. and on time. And, um, I guess you live there all, you live there. So <laughs> you really know uh, how organized they are. But one of the things I have been so impressed with is how little they waste. And I think mm -hmm. Americans who haven't been uh, spent a lot of time in somewhere like Switzerland almost have forgotten how it, how it's possible to live. Mm -hmm. So one example is like every morning when we wake up for breakfast, they know exactly how many people. So they're paid in full in advance. So let me let me uh, give the full so people understand the full picture here. They're paid in full, and in our Switzerland retreat. Um, it's all inclusive. So what that means is um, three meals a day are provided, all of the activities. Um, and while you're there the, the, with us, the only money you'll need to spend would be on like souvenirs or snacks, mm -hmm. right? Other than that, everything's included. So our hotel provides provides the food. Now they're paid in full in advance. So that's, you know, that's taken care of. When we get there, they know exactly how many people we are. And in the morning when we go down for breakfast, there's exactly enough settings for the exact amount of people in every group. Whereas like when you go down and exactly, they have a little bit of extra food. It's not that there's not enough food. But when you go down, um, there's for each table, everything is exact for the amount of people. Mm -hmm. So for dinner... Sometimes um, the women in the group like to go out to other restaurants because it's kind of fun when you travel to 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 try different restaurants, even though it's it they have a, a dinner included. And um, when that happens, if we go down, let's say we're a group of twenty. This year we were about twenty women, and a few people didn't come. The women there are so upset that there there was food. And I ask people to, to tell us in advance, like if they're not going to come, but sometimes people don't know and they just decide last minute, you know what, that restaurant looked really, and that's fair. And it's something that we wouldn't blink an eye to um, in America, but there, the, the fact that they're wasting a few meals is just, it's, it's just the, the women who work there are so nice but you can see that they're devastated. And I think we kind of lost that in the States. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm generalizing when I say in the States, but, but I do think we kind of lost that, that, that feeling of like, you know, everything counts. We don't need to waste things. Yeah. And I really, I think in Europe that they, they held on to that a little bit more. I, I think you're living in Europe now, so you can speak more, more to that. And I guess it depends where, but uh, it's a small example that I think can bring us back to um, paying attention, being mindful and, and, you know, and, and not wasting when we, when we don't have to. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you're, I mean, Europe is not perfect at all, but, um, yeah. but yeah, whenever I go back to the U S I'm just, I'm just shocked by the amount of waste. It's, it's right. crazy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um, so we can all learn from each other and, and, yeah. And some places it's a little bit easier um, to to keep up and to not waste as much and to take public transportation and, and so on. And some places it's a little bit harder. Yeah. So I think it depends. But if we do research in advance and we take some respons personal responsibility, we can make a difference. But yeah, like I, like you said, I don't think travel isn't going anywhere and, and, and nor should it. I mean, it, it adds so much uh, value to our lives that um, I don't think it's something that should go away. We just need to learn how to do it in a bit of a different way. Um, so you you started describing the retreats a little bit. I would love, you know, for people who haven't um, not necessarily gone with you, but got on, on, on a retreat and specifically a writing retreat, what, 
what do they, what's kind of the day-to-day, how do they unfold? So um, each retreat we do is a little bit different depending on the location. Um, But what they have in common is women coming together um, who are ready to write and they have stories in them Mm -hmm. that they, they know there's a part, there's a part inside that's ready to tell some stories. And it's a very special experience. Um, Usually how the, the retreat is, is broken down is that we spend half the day, let's say writing or like the morning, let's say maybe morning until lunch in writing workshops. And then the other half day doing whatever there is to do in, in the place. So, um, so like in Greece, we'll spend the mornings writing, having the workshops, take a break for lunch. And then if afternoon, we might go into the old city or, you know, spend some time at the beach or go visit a different town. Um, you know, in, in um, Venice, we spend time visiting, you know, we'll have our morning workshops. And then in the afternoon there, we would go to some museums, either an art museum or do a walking tour. Uh, usually in cities, we do at least one walking tour of the city and uh, visit, you know, we visit uh, the Doge Palace in Venice. So depending on where we are, it will, you know, the, the touring activities will, will be different. Um, in Costa Rica, some people go zip lining <laughs> or hiking or, you know, and, and, and some people choose to do everything and to do the activities. And sometimes women come and they'll do some. So mm-hmm. they'll participate in the writing workshops in the morning and then, you know, skip the museums and spend the day writing and, and you know, enjoying some coffee. And so uh, depending on which retreat people come on, it will be different, but we tend to get great women, smart women who are thoughtful, um, eager to share stories. And we tend to connect very quickly and uh, it's a very special experience. It's time for us, time to reflect. And, uh, I, and I think what's interesting that happens is the, the connection with the women is like a bonus. Mm. Uh, people don't tend, you know, you know, we're, we're adults, we're women, we have our friends, we have our families, uh, we have our own work and day-to-day life. And we don't tend to go on a week-long retreat thinking I want to make friends mm-hmm. or I want to, if that happens, great. Um, but because we're sharing our stories we do tend to have a special connection. It's not like a regular trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are witnessing each other kind of go for it and say what we really want to yeah, say. Yeah, be vulnerable. So, yeah, and um, and experience a new place together. So uh, they're very special experience. They're definitely my favorite part of the job. Like by far the, fa- the fa- my most favorite thing that I do is the retreats. Each retreat is different. The women are different. I'm always learning and connecting. And um, I do tend to be when I'm not on on a retreat or I'm not traveling, I do tend to be behind a screen a yeah. lot. <laughs> Just a part of work, a part of life. Um, and that's okay. You know, work has its place, but it is not what where I feel alive. It is not where I feel like my best self. Um I prefer being with people, moving, doing, connecting. Yeah. And, um, yeah. you know, and that. There's nothing like that in person connection as we've realized this year. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, what, what workshops uh, and retreats are available for people to sign up for right now through Pink Pangea? So we have online workshops happening all through the pandemic. So um, that's, that's been, um, you know, we've, we've upped them. We canceled most of the in-person workshops for now and we started online. So anyone can sign up on our homepage for the newsletter. It's pinkpangea.com. And you can sign up for the newsletter. You get all the updates about the workshops. Um, in terms of retreats, what, so what, so I can tell you a little bit about what happened. Um, and right now we only have one that's open for registration mm-hmm. and we have a writing and hiking, uh, sorry, 
right, writing and yoga retreat in Iceland for August. That's the only retreat we're taking um, registrations for right now. There will be, a, you know, we're getting a little bit flooded, which is nice with people who are asking, when are you opening um, the, your retreats again? And, um, and we have a wait list. So we will open retreats. We will go back to our schedule um, when we're not sure yet. So people can join the newsletter and Iceland does have a few spots left. Okay. Um, but whether we'll, we'll be ready to go this year, uh, or 2022, we'll see. I think the game changer will be either the vaccine or the rapid testing. Um, there are tests now that have, um, in 30 seconds, you know, that, that they can tell. They're not widely available yet, but if those become widely available, it changes everything for us. Yeah. And then we can safely offer uh, experiences. So, so while um, I wish we were already back to, back to normal, I, I'm okay. And um, I am confident, you know, that it's just a matter of time and then we'll, we'll get back to traveling and, and enjoying life. Yeah, totally. Um, well, I also hope I can come on one of the retreats one day. That would, uh, that would be, that would be amazing. Yeah, I would love to. Is that. there one that you are thinking about? Um, I don't think there's one specific one. I mean, I think I'd love to be involved in the Alps one. Um, uh, cause I'm actually thinking of uh, starting to set up some retreats myself. So it might be cool to be involved with you guys in that way, but actually I've been really wanting to go to Costa Rica for a long time. Um, so that sounds amazing. If you guys yeah. do another one there again. So, <laughs> yeah. So I, I think we'll be back in all of our locations. Um, so hopefully, you know, it'll, the timing will work out. I always say what it, when it's meant to work out, it works out. And it's just a matter of timing meeting, you know, because some people tell me, you know, it took me three years until I finally came. I was watching and I'm watching and timing in life is important. Yeah. Uh, so, so Costa Rica, the Alps, they're all, they're all great. Yeah. And actually we were doing, um, I, a, a funny story is that I lead a, a training for retreat leaders. Mm -hmm. Um, so I led three, three courses online for people who want to be retreat leaders um, all different retreats. So, you know, yoga, the arts, business retreats, all different things. Oh, cool. And I had, I led one, um, in January. Um, so it was a great group. It's a three-part course. And there was one woman in the course who, um, she had already led like seven or eight retreats. So her questions were a little bit more in depth. And she said, you know, I already led them. They went well, but I felt like I could learn from this course. Mm -hmm. So, so I joined and, and she asked a lot of questions and, and we connected and it was great. And one of the questions she asked me was, um, you know, worst case scenarios, like what happens <laughs> if there are emergencies? Forget it. The, a pandemic <laughs> didn't even like cross our, you know, like we were thinking, what if Someone you know, the retreat leader get yeah. sick exactly or there's a or or someone you know there's a crisis during the retreat and we we went through you know the worst case scenarios and 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 how to legally protect ourselves and also what to do like how to you know how to get people help or you know yeah. different ways that you would deal in different emergency situations and um little did we know what was coming <laughs> and everything we talked about was just around the corner times a hundred. So um, we had a retreat, a, a, a Paris retreat scheduled for March 23rd. Oh, wow. Um, writing and tour. So, um, so we were ready to go. And I think like March 10th or, or so that it was declared a pandemic and Paris started mm -hmm. to shut down. So all of those worst case scenarios came to fruition and we had a few weeks of crisis and Little by little, we worked everything out, um, just as everyone in the travel industry did. Yeah. There was like a few weeks of, of crisis, and then it was just handling one um, one situation, one at a time, doing the best we can, and and we did. Um, but I, but yeah, so that was we we had gone back and forth um, and joked about. <laughs> 
later on once the pandemic hit about needing those last um, worst case scenarios more than we thought. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The um, I mean, for for everyone, it's like no one, no one predicted this. <laughs> right. In, right. In all the different ways. Yeah. Um. So the last question I like to ask guests is what chapter what name would you give this chapter in the story of your life but i would love for you to also do that for uh for pink pangea as well what what chapter is this for for pink pangea so um for me personally the first thing that came to me when you asked that was um a year of reflection and i think in a lot of ways it's been a very special year um, because I, it never, of course, um, it was in many ways a difficult year, but it was also a very special year in that if it wasn't for this pandemic, I would never have had this time to reflect mm-hmm. in the way that I have about, about the business, about, um, uh, my personal life and really about everything in my life. Yeah. And it's almost like a reset of what do I want to continue once we're back to normal or back to new normal. And I would have maybe thought that a few months of reflection would have been enough, but actually having this extended period of really the world being on pause was a a different kind of reflection. and I think, I hope that for a lot of people, and from I know that this is true for me, my priorities have been clarified. Mm-hmm. And, and that's been silver lining during this time. Yeah. Um, realizing what's most important, putting a reset and, and, and being in that space um, before, as opposed to just being on go, 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 yeah. um, which is very much my personality. <laughs> go, 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 um, type A. And, um, and that's great. Uh, so, so reflection is a word that comes for me and for the business, I don't know if I could set, see, can I separate the business from myself? Yeah. They're, I'm um, guessing they're intertwined. Yeah. <laughs> it's my, it's my baby. Um, you know, uh, the business is benefiting from the reflection. Of course it was mm-hmm. a difficult year to put things on hold. Um, but, but I would, so I would go with the, the reflect as well. Yeah. And I think one of the nicest things that we've seen um, during this time is the community has been, you know, joining wait list. Everyone is almost like knocking down <laughs> doors, ready to sign up for retreats nice. once we launch them. And that's been really fulfilling for me, like to see that and, and again, I don't think I would have ever seen that um, if we weren't put in this position. So it was definitely a difficult year, but there is some silver lining and it's given us different opportunities than we would have had yeah. otherwise. Yeah. Well, it's yeah, it's great that you've taken it in that perspective. And I think a lot of people are as well, um, which is good rather than just kind of holding, holding your breath and, and only seeing the negative. Um, so that's, yeah, that's great to hear. Yeah. Um, so you meant, you mentioned uh, a little bit before, but just so everyone has the information where can people find you and Pink Pangea online and connect with you? Um, so uh, you can find everything on our website. It's pink, Pangea, that's P-A-N-G-E-A dot com. Uh, we're also on Instagram, on Facebook, and you can email us at hello at pinkpangea.com and we'll get back to you right away. Um, we have a lots of online workshops coming up. So if you're wondering, oh, this woman sounds interesting. What is she talking about? Um, I welcome you to join an online workshop. They're really fun and um, meaningful. So if you sign up for the newsletter, which is of course for free, you'll get all the information and 
you could test it out. <laughs> Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jacqueline. I really enjoyed chatting with you. Um, and yeah, it's just been great hearing your your perspective on everything that's going on and hearing more about everything that Pen- Pink Pangea is up to. Um, so thanks so much for, for taking the time today. Thank you so much for having me. And hopefully we'll meet in person one of these days. Yes, I definitely hope so. And I definitely hope I get to go and come to one of your one of your retreats in the in the near future. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Jacqueline Michelle from Pink Pangea and have some new inspiration for your next travels, which hopefully will be soon to sign up for the Pink Pangea newsletter or just to get more information in general about what they're doing, their upcoming workshops and retreats. You can check all that out on their website at Pink Pangea. That's pink, P-A-N-G-E-A dot com or on Instagram at Pink Pangea. As always, thank you for listening this far and I will see you again next week. Have a good one. Bye-bye.